crossover commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is my corner of the internet where I bring the best and brightest in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Uh, before we get started on today's episode, episode 203, I want to go ahead and give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Ping Pong Payments. Who is Ping Pong? No, we are not a table tennis company. No, we are not helping uh, people have a great time. But what we are doing, not in the game world, but we're, what we are having is having helping you have a great time saving money. How can we save money? Well, it's sending or receiving funds and currency in an in international scope. What am I talking about? Well, if you're sending uh, payments to your supplier, your manufacturer, your distributors, your VAs, anywhere that works for you in a different country, you can actually save funds and not pay exorbitant fees through third-party software or other banks, um, international transfers. You can save it by using ping-pong payments. Receiving funds as you grow your brand, you can also save funds and not pay those fees from Amazon or AACCS um, or any sort of other entity. We are a trusted part or participant in Amazon's platform. So it's free to sign up. There's no fees just to have fun, uh, an account with ping pong payments. And it's like I said, go ahead to usa.pingpongx.com. As I always say, forward slash podcast, make sure you go there to catch all of our past episodes, but also to sign up for a ping pong account today to save funds, put it back to your bottom line, help with those margin points as well. That being said, this is episode 203 of Crossover Commerce. If you're new here, welcome. This is a great space to be just to learn and grow your Amazon and e-commerce business, but just to help yourself as an entrepreneur. My goal with this show is to help you garner lots of pieces of information, if not lots, at least one piece that you can apply to your business today to help it grow um, to the likes of which you want it to grow. So that being said, uh, we have great guests that come on talking about anything from marketing to advertising to sourcing logistics to um, we've had even professors talk about um, localization on here. We've had billionaires. We've had uh, sellers on. We have the likes that you've never seen before in one podcast. So that, that's why I like to have a lot of fun in this show. Um, but if you are watching us live um, on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube or Twitter, Go ahead and let us know what your uh, what your thoughts are, um, where you're listening from, because this is an interactive show. We want to make sure if you have questions, you can actually engage with us on that level and ask your questions in the comment section below. If you happen to be listening to this later on on your Audible uh, audi audio sections on Audible potentially, um, you can also go ahead and listen to us on your favorite station, um, your podcast locale as well. So just make sure you look for Crossover Commerce and be notified of future episodes as well. Lots of great content today, and today's none the exception on 203. I've messaged her about, uh, I'm going to go ahead and preface this, messaged her about a year ago when I first started the podcast, a year plus ago when I first started the podcast, and I was pleasantly surprised to get a message back uh, here closer to the end of the new year, and we have just been chatting away ever since. Been looking forward to this one for a long time. She's an ex-Amazonian running a business that's just, uh, just continuously growing and putting lots of great thought content out there. Uh, someone who who happens to say yes, like I said, uh, anticipation is one of those things where you hope to get this person on your, your podcast because you know of such great content and a well of information that they can provide to your audience and to you yourself. So without further ado, I want to bring on uh, uh, Karina McLeod of e-commerce. That was the right button. Karina, welcome to Crossover Commerce. Hey Ryan, thank you. And thank you so much for the invite and loving the intro. And uh, yeah, really pleased to be on your show today. So thank yeah. you. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, like I said, I this is this is the bad thing about social media, right? It's an instant <laughs> for, for everyone who doesn't know, I reached out on LinkedIn because Karina is putting lots of great content. 
guys, not every business owner lives on LinkedIn like maybe I do. So <laughs> I just want to let people know that, that when people ignore you, I assume that people are just like, ah, who is this person? Never going to talk to them again. And my message just lives in the ether. That's fine. But you reached out to me, I swear it was like nine months later or 10 months later. And I got super giddy when I, I said, oh my gosh, she actually went back through all of her messages from that long ago <laughs> and responded to me. So I was really pleased and excited about it. So that, that's where we are today. So um, I appreciate that. You're super busy. So I can't imagine um, all the different messages and emails and content that are going in and out of your inbox or social media messages on a day-to-day -day basis. <laughs> the craziness of uh, 2021. It definitely feels like it's just gone by in a flash. Well, th this is the joke I was telling people. I go, we're already one week down last week, <laughs> one week down <laughs> into 50, 51 more weeks to go into 2022. A lot of people have good success. A lot of people are like, it's already crazy enough for 2022. Yep. But, but yeah, tell me, uh, so Karina, you're, you're a business owner, ex-Amazonian. You've been in the space, you said, 14 years we were talking pre-show 14 15 years tell me uh the audience a little bit about who you are in your background and how you got to where you are today yeah sure so actually i've been in the space for nearly 17 years which actually 17. makes me feel quite quite old and a reason i blame i blame uh the gray hairs on uh 17 years of working with amazon so um i actually started working for amazon in 2004 um, I were, worked in the vendor management team and I remember being offered a job to work in home and garden and so many people advised me not to take the job because it was like, why are you going to go and work for Amazon? Who is Amazon? Amazon don't do home and kitchen or home and garden. It is just books. And I was like, right, I just, there was a vibe about Amazon that I really liked. And I just thought it just seemed more progressive than a lot of traditional bricks and mortar companies um, at the time I was working for where it was more about you had to work a certain amount of time in those jobs before you were noticed or got promoted, for example. So I took the plunge, went to Amazon uh, and worked in so many different product categories. My focus was launching new, new product categories into the UK market. So that was you know, home and garden, um, watches, sports and fitness, clothing, you name it, all those categories, which at the time was more like a sales job of trying to actually get people to want to work with you um, than it is today, you know, where everybody wants to work with Amazon. So um, that was the start of my, my career, I guess, or my life with Amazon. And then uh, took a step away from Amazon which didn't quite happen. And I'm still here working with Amazon 10 years later. Um, I took some time out, the burnout of Amazon. Um, and the time out was spent of previous vendors reaching out, asking for help. And at the time, this is this is 10 years ago. At the time, it was like, why, why, do, why do vendors need help? Agencies didn't really exist then. And, uh, and started to realize there was a need. And so lo and behold, I sort of got involved in consulting, started to help vendors then moved over, started to help sellers. And then just year after year after year, Amazon has evolved. All their features evolved. It's got even more complex. And there's there's a growing need for, for support when it comes to working with Amazon. I love that. Well, so where did the name e-commerce nerds come from? Because I'm, I'm quite curious in that regard. Yeah, it was, it was one of those where I've always sort of been into... Um, uh, Having, a, having some kind of quirky, quirky name, something memorable. And e-commerce at the time was 
you know, uh, it's it's that buzzword and really wanted to have e-commerce nurse in there. And I was thinking, well, what what do we do? What what are we going to be doing for for brands? And of course, helping brands. And so um, then I thought, okay, nurse, doctor, and we went with nurse. Um, and then so and checked straight away is that is that website free? Yes. So bought the uh, bought the URL, and then actually we trademarked the company. But to actually trademark the company, we had to get uh, approval from I believe it was um, a kind of nursing um, organization because we were using the word or I think it might not have been the trademark it was actually the company registration because the word nurse was in, included in there in the limited company and we had to get more approval because of it being seen as um, a word that's used within healthcare so um, yes yeah, so is that is that an England thing or is that a UK thing? Is that a? I think so. A, yeah, okay. I think it's a UK, a UK thing. But yeah, so we're a team of e-commerce nurses here to help you uh, help brands grow on grow on Amazon. That's amazing. No, so so the team is it's quite large. You you got a team of what twenty plus people? Is that is that what it is uh, now we're today? About, yeah, if we we're about sort of 15, 15 people today. Um, although there are some positions open, so of course, ah, if you are little plug if, if you know in, anyone. Uh, yeah, definitely re reach out. Um, and yeah, we um starting from it being very much a, a one man band operation where um I was working as a consultant, um, and really it got to a point that the the business was growing more and more brands that I, I was working with as an individual wanted implementation. And I couldn't do that. It wasn't scalable. And I'm not a specialist in marketing, for example. Um, I'm not a specialist in, in all these different fields, actually. So what we did, we hired those specialists, hired those experts. And we have experts from that used to do A-plus content in their days at Amazon and are now building A-plus content for our clients. And so really built out a team of experts. Absolutely. So you guys are dealing with uh, specifically, I would call you an agency that are really assisting anywhere from, you know, I call it A to Z, the, the whole gauntlet of problems, correct? So you're talking about branding, optimization. Mm -hmm. Are we are we even going as far as like advertising? Um, how, how far out or what areas do you feel like you don't touch or as much or want to touch? Is, is that a fair question? Or do you truly uh, cover the whole gauntlet of all problems and, and things on Amazon and e-commerce? Yeah, I would say, uh, I mean, our core focus is growing brands. And so we're going to be looking uh, primarily at marketing, optimization, advertising and all the key levers that help growth. But of course, Amazon is unfortunately riddled with a lot of issues and problems. And so we help brands with those those issues in terms of where we don't really come into things. I would say more from a logistics point of view, we forecast inventory for our clients, raise shipments. But actually, you know, um, we don't do the we're not a 3pl for example um and of course when it comes down to account suspensions there's definitely some uh, gurus out there that we would um direct businesses to if they came to us for that level of support um so but we do we do cover all we do account management ads management marketing projects and consulting as well it's a lot. Well, no wonder, <laughs> and, and all that—that's that, a lot to handle. And I, that's why I think a lot of agencies like yours, who are still around today, that—that's just the amazing thing. Is it's a constant evolution. And you said the word guru, and I, and I, and I know what you mean by that. There's a lot of people who like to focus 
and understand one capacity of Amazon mm -hmm. or multiple capacities. But this is the space where you constantly have to learn and you evolve. Like you said, we were talking pre-show of it. We're constantly learning and absorbing content and just information. It never stays the same. So it's really hard to say, like, I'm the expert in this field. Well, that's going to change in two weeks because yeah, Amazon's exactly. Amazon. <laughs> they're going to last year was I, I jokingly say is a death by a thousand paper cuts. We learned yeah. something new every single feels like week, if not um, a couple of days in between of just new tweaks. And why I'm so excited to have you on today is I think the consensus is now is the time to, if you haven't already, and it was a joke before, I think a lot of people jokingly said that it was a joke before. Now is the time to build a brand on Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. Now is the time that is more important that you have to establish who you are, what you represent, what's that brand story and how to stand out on Amazon mm -hmm. and, and, and further. So I'm assuming that is the conversation you've had from with clients from the day one. So why is it now that all of a sudden Amazon, do you think Karina is making you build a brand instead of a turn and burn society where you could throw up literally anything people would yeah. buy it. And then, uh, there, there was no, there was no, uh, consequences, how you, how you got to page one or the top position. It's interesting because there's this whole evolution of private label was never really how it worked um, or how how Amazon was years ago. So if I go back to when I started at Amazon, I went into vendor management and the vendor side of the business was the core side of the business. It was the strength. It wasn't marketplace wasn't ever. I don't think they actually ever thought that marketplace would be as strong as it is the three P side of things as it is today. And so the, the role of vendor management was to work with brands. You know, we weren't creating our own brands at that time. It was bringing on credible brands to Amazon, but selling them at an affordable competitive price. Because before brands were, you know, some of the brands were almost uh, not necessarily overpriced, but it was it was a premium, you know. Um but then what's happened over years is it's just evolved and the marketplace has evolved. And then all of a sudden, the, th the third party platform has evolved and businesses have seen um, new, new ways to enter onto Amazon, bringing in their own brands. And all of a sudden, the platform has changed from being sort of branded only to newly emerging brands. But also it's um, which is fantastic for, for small businesses and businesses wanting to create, create their own brands. It's also opened up a, a lot of doors for some for some uh, products that probably aren't the items that they actually wanted to be sold on Amazon. You know, and there's there's lots of challenges that Amazon is going through with um, counterfeit products, products that aren't of great quality that are being sold on Amazon as well. So I think it's almost like it's gone this complete other direction to what it was at the start. And I think Amazon are trying to rein that in. And by being a brand owner, there's there's it's seen as that adds a bit more um, due diligence. It adds a bit more quality to products and really starting to to, to rein that in um, than uh, almost going back to how it how it was at the start when Amazon first evolved. Absolutely. What what there's there's a lot of changes that because you and I are probably really close. If I if I ask my wife who's not in e-commerce and I say, What do you what do you notice about the platform? What's what stands out more in this past year? All the things that she notices <clears throat> on the consumer side are focused at 
following a brand after after a purchase. Now you can actually mm-hmm. follow and get be notified of future products, whether it be an author or whether it be um, that brand itself that has new product releases. Um, mm-hmm. It's all it's all housed in how uh, within the platform itself, so you don't have to leave. Um, go to your email and then come back on the platform. You yeah. can all notified through that through push notifications. Um, it is through the likes of who is selling the product now it's now more prominent that if it's a third party seller you can actually see that on the mobile version it stands out quite heavily mm-hmm. on sold by this company fulfilled by amazon who's actually behind the product and i think amazon's kind of shifting away of these are not our products this is a another vendor that we are partnering with and we're selling these products and you can kind of learn more about the, mm-hmm. the story behind it you have the a plus content now it's more uh more heavily involved with different sides of brands. So that that's why it's super important. I think that is continuously evolving now. How what's been the struggle with to help people understand and get started about building a brand process? They they come to you and say, Karina, where do I start? Like building mm-hmm. a brand takes time, it takes people, it takes consistency, it has a vision, it has a voice. Where do you where do you get them going on that? And I think, you know, just that the what you've said about it takes time i think that is the biggest challenge at the start is more about mindset of this isn't something that is going to happen overnight it's not about selling on amazon and you're going to make a million dollars in six months by because you've developed a brand this is a long-term strategy now amazon is investing in brands through all the tools that it's unlocking and all those features if you become a brand owner on amazon and it's pushing you then to be and brand people to become a a brand on Amazon. But it's all about it takes time because it is about a following. It's about being recognized. It's about being remembered. And but it's all about at the start, it's about creating that awareness. Nobody's ever heard of your your brand at the start. So, you know, it it isn't easy. So it is first off, you've just got to get the basics right in terms of branding, you know. You want to have, you know, a memorable name. We talked about e-commerce nurse. We, we, we're we not selling a product on Amazon, but we still went through the branding. You know, we're still very clear on how our logo should look, what the name is of the company, putting our branding out there, our color scheme out there, because people remember that, you know, and it's sometimes it can be really simple, like, you know, with brands like Apple or even Amazon, uh, you know, it's that's that's the part that's memorable um, from the start but then it's about really what is important is making sure that you're very clear on what you're what you stand for as a brand um, because that's all going to be about who your audience is and who you then attract um, because what you're going to be building and building a brand is all about loyalty and it's all about having you know you've Apple is a prime example Um of you know once you've got one product you're then going to go and purchase another product and another and it doesn't take much for them to launch a new product because they've already got that following um and loyalty uh and this community of um consumers that love their brand what where do you think that the platform goes if people can mobilize and they can actually build a brand on amazon what where do you think a lot of businesses can get to like what i mean by that is it seems very disjointed from the beginning and the even 
as much as a year or two ago. There's never been just this emergence of brands besides maybe a, a product-based company that happened mm -hmm. to start on Amazon, it, like an anchor, uh, for example, mm -hmm. that went public through it. First, for, first of its kind, they they were like, we're in, we're in electronics, we're in chargers, and then they started to build from that. Where, where do you see a lot of businesses going in that direction in terms of I can be omni-channel, not just on Amazon? Or do you think that it's just going to be a good a place where you have to play on Amazon of this is who we represent and be kind of more transparent with businesses? What, what do you think is the end game for a lot of businesses now building a brand on Amazon, if that makes sense? Yeah, definitely. And I think Anchor is a brilliant example. And Anchor is actually an example I always talk about because I remember them in the days when I first started out. I used to use them in my case studies. And then next minute I know I can see them in supermarkets, in premium supermarkets in Costa Rica. I mean, from, from where did that happen to just sort of selling a product um, on Amazon and being successful on that platform? So I think there are some brands that it, within their strategy, they know that they need to build a brand in order to then expand and be known for, as for example, a supermarket to then be interested in them. Because a lot of the time you go and knock on bricks and mortars door, they're not so keen on a new product. They, they don't know what if it's, you know, they don't know what the demand's like. They, you know, they, they don't have a feel for how the customer is going to take, is the customer going to really like their item? So some businesses actually use Amazon as a as a launch platform to be able to do that because it's a great way to say, well, we've done X amount of sales on Amazon. Look at all the reviews that we've got, et cetera, et cetera. And it creates, a, it opens that door up to other retailers. So some businesses are using that as a strategy. A number of other businesses aren't actually thinking that further forward. They're just thinking, right, how do I be successful on Amazon? Well, to be successful on Amazon these days, you have to be a brand. Because if you're not a brand, you're not going to unlock any of the features that maybe your competition has. So you won't have access to Vine. You're not going to have access to sponsored brand videos, sponsored brands. And you end up sort of having your hands tied in order to compete on the platform. What we then start seeing is once a brand starts being, you know, they've never really sort of had that brand hat on and you start getting to think, well, unfortunately, you're going to have to invest and create a brand to play on the Amazon. But then they get in, into it and start really understanding the benefits of being a brand. And then they start often looking out and thinking, oh, actually, I could go and sell to another retailer. Maybe I'm going to go and sell on Walmart. Maybe I'm going to go out and pitch my business. And maybe it's a it's a premium product that can go out to the department stores, you know. And so I think it can come it can come in two different ways. And I think that I think that's what a lot of people when they struggled with where do I go next and how do I grow mm. that next level. I think that 2020 like shook a lot of people. And what I mean by that is having that sole dependency on one channel and not, I think that shook a lot of people into how do I become omnipresent now instead mm -hmm. of just solely relying on a channel, albeit Amazon is where a lot of people start or they go for a lot of consistent growth. Again, that's the in shopping destination for a vast majority of seller or buyers, I should say in e-commerce, but it's not that case worldwide. You guys actually have a, a more of a pulse internationally, which I think is super fascinating too. You're in the likes of, I believe partner in Spain, uh, Amazon Spain, um, obviously UK, uh, as well as like Germany. I'm assuming a lot of uh, Europe, 
your based companies. What, what is what is the like internationally versus working with clientele in the U.S.? Does that make sense? Is there a different mindset of how things should be done in terms of businesses and branding versus one location and country versus another that you're seeing? Um, it's uh, I mean, the branding still is still as key as it is in all in all countries really i guess um it's is a mindset more... different from a business owner from a different country though like mm -hmm. hey we want to really we really want to evolve and we want to start there and this is how we're going to do it versus oh this is nice like we'll we'll worry about that later like i, I would think one one is maybe it's a cultural difference maybe it's just a how amazon puts emphasis in different marketplaces but from us and how it trickles outward is there is there a difference in lack of branding in certain places where you, people might be able to take advantage of quicker in one um, mm -hmm. marketplace than another and and really take advantage of that aspect maybe? I'd say it comes more down to really the competition. And if we look at the US platform, it's a lot more saturated than anywhere than any other marketplace in Europe. So then it's more about how do you get how do you succeed on on a platform where there's so where it is saturated? Okay, well, of course you need you can't not have a brand because if you can't have all these access to all these tools, whereas if you are selling in a marketplace where you know it's not as competitive and you are marketplace, chances are there's more opportunity and you don't have to have all the bells and whistles because you can still succeed. So I think it's more we always sort of see it as. The US is a prime example of the direction that I would say most other countries will eventually go. The US has more features, etc. So I think it's only over time. But what brands can do in those countries where it's probably less, you know, there is more opportunity as a non-brand owner. If you are a brand owner, you're even more ahead of the game. Um, so it's always good to have those practices in, in, in place because there'll come a time, you know, where there is going to be that influx um, and Amazon does. Um, and as we said earlier, Amazon's so investing in brands at the moment, um, more and more features are just evolving. What's a, what's a great um, case study for you, Karina, that you feel like whether it be a client or whether it be somebody that you took from the, without a focus in brand, and then you turned it around and helped them grow. And, and what was kind of that evolution of, that that company or that brand do you, are you do you have a couple in mind where you saw that evolution of they weren't really focused on that and you took them through that journey and now they are more successful or more well known or there's opportunities that kind of uh, allow themselves to open up because of that journey yeah i'm just trying to think we we because we work with a mix we work with some established brands that are actually established and going through digital transformation so they've they're already prominent within bricks and mortar they're actually just not that uh equipped to sell digitally right to right. sell in the online world but then we do start you know we do work with brands that they have grown on Amazon. Um, and then, it, you know, branding does become really important. So I think first off, they didn't think about it, you know, we've had it where brands have come on, they've come to sell a product, their product's been successful on Amazon, all of a sudden, Amazon launches the brand registry, and they need a brand. Um, they need a trademark, 
they never thought of having a trademark. So they're like, okay, all right, we need a trademark. I'm going to go to the trademark office. Let's say I've forgotten the name of the US trademark office. So let's go for a general yeah, terminology. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and find that their that brand name is taken or they can't use that brand name. And that creates then imagine that right. You've got a successful product on Amazon, you've built what you consider a brand, but you can't actually have the trademark. And so we have seen it where businesses have had to rebrand in order to get a trademark and redo their whole packaging and everything to kind of play the game with Amazon. But also, but then seeing the benefits of then that actually does open up avenues externally um, to being able to go into to other retailers. So it, it's a tough Now it's easier for brands looking for that because it's almost a checklist right of what to do whereas previously it wasn't like that I mean now I know if we ever go in for a brand and, and I'm a bit of a I do get sort of excited about brand names and they never evolve but I would always look at first off getting the trademark and URL those are the things and then you also want to jump on social media you want to make sure that you've got the profile the username on you know linkedin twitter facebook all the social instagram all those channels and you want to jump in quick um because if you don't uh last thing that you want is to produce a product and you can't you you don't effectively own the brand um we actually deal with some really um large multinational brands that don't have their trademark solidified as much as you'd think and it's crazy to think that, right? Uh, but Amazon has almost opened up this, um, I don't, it's not necessarily a loop, but opened up something new that people weren't even considering, which is Amazon. This is a prime example of how Amazon works. What, so that, that's a very, that's a very interesting point, Karina, because a lot of people don't even know the difference between, again, you talk about brick and mortar coming on the Amazon. Yeah. I think surprising amount of, companies that we would think that have e-commerce figured out they truly yeah. don't or they haven't figured out amazon and figured out how do how do we how do we still stand out without racing to the bottom of pricing or how do we still capture people because again amazon can be used as a brand capture if people are aware that the products are selling on there they will be searching for that um but what people don't understand is that it could be a fortune 500 company or 100 company even and like you said they're not even selling on amazon but there's that difference between 1p and 3p that a lot of people are trying to figure out maybe i just sell directly to amazon and have my products sold on there is that where you start to push higher caliber companies in terms of brand or voice if they're already selling you know in brick and mortar and whatnot hey maybe you should go down the 1p route instead of the 3p route what, what, what's that what's that line if you will um, for businesses that you have to kind of educate or disseminate. No, you should definitely sell by yourself and build your own, your own uh, product base in your, um, your own brand yeah. portfolio instead of selling directly to Amazon as a one P vendor. A lot these days depends on infrastructure and how really they're built and the future in which they want to be built. Because if you're a brand that you're heavy direct to consumer, then, you know, seller is the ideal platform because it's effectively direct to consumer, but just um, um, using Amazon's platform to sell. Um, those businesses that are already selling bricks and mortar and other retailers, then vendor is the automatic 
uh, is a natural route, I would say, from a point of logistics. You know, they're used to shipping product, managing it in a selling product via the, a pallet in quantity and everything. And so it's almost that wholesale relationship they have with, let's say, a supermarket or Walmart is almost the same as it would be for vendor. However, what we're seeing now is brands, actually those brands in bricks and mortar are actually seeing Amazon as their opportunity to trial direct to consumer. They haven't mastered it on their own website. They always want to master it and they think, oh, actually we've heard great things about seller. Maybe we can try trial that as well. So it's quite interesting because years ago, there was a very clear line between vendor and seller. Um, and then all of a sudden it got blurred when they launched Vendor Express. And there were all these benefits to being a vendor over seller. So a lot of sellers started to think, oh, the grass is greener. Let's become a vendor. And then I think the Vendor Express didn't work out. It got the, the ground, ground got muddy. There was no real point of differentiation between seller and vendor. And then all of a sudden, seller became the the became greener than vendor, right? All these features that were originally on vendor were all of a sudden then available on seller. So there was no real benefit benefit to anyone going to vendor or seller apart from what's what's your infrastructure and what works best for your business. And and that's really sort of how we look at it is more about what's your setup, what are your goals, do you have the ability to um, work seller direct to consumer because even fba it still requires more resource than it does um on vendor so yeah those are i would say that's sort of how we would evaluate it for brands right well and, and that's that's the thing is it, it, it's so fascinating to see some businesses they try to figure out the amazon model but then you don't see often when they jump off of the platform and they really bet on themselves and i think that the number one success company that you can see is Nike, but that's because the resources mm -hmm. and the branding behind it, that, that, that in itself was so important for it to say, Hey, buy directly from us. You're not going to find us anywhere else, or at least that's coming directly from Nike. Like obviously you can resell and mm -hmm. buy products through there. Um, but that was such a major business shifting decision mm -hmm. as a small and medium sized business. You don't have that opportunity, but you also want to make sure that you're not just solely dependent. So. Do you have that conversation of when you tell people, hey, maybe you're successful, you're successful on Amazon, let's start to diversify. And that that changes from each client from when they're ready. Is there a good benchmark that you tell a lot of people of, hey, maybe you've been on Amazon for a year now, let's make sure that you have direct to consumer. Or do you have should you start from both from the beginning and then launch it at the same time? What, what What's that typical conversation look like for you, Karina and the team? Yeah, it, it really depends because with vendor, vendors an invite only. So some businesses don't even have that opportunity to even consider it. So they're naturally going to become a seller. It's more that conversation that we have where we have it where a vendor or a brand has been invited to the vendor platform. Um, they And if they're not a seller, then they're considering, all right, they sometimes think that's the only option. And then you have to start explaining the key differences between the two and get them to understand the benefits of both. Or you might have it where there's a seller, the seller's been successful, and then they get approached by Amazon on vendor because Amazon on vendor are like, hang on, they're being really successful on seller. Let's bring them over. Let's 
let's let's show them the promised land and so we have a lot of calls and i have a lot of consulting calls with brands saying amazon's contacted me they want us to be a vendor and i'm like well brilliant because you're contacting us so it means that you're considering your it's and i said it's you're an doing honor a good that, thing yeah exactly it's an honor that they've contacted you but it's also a great thing that you're questioning it and whether it's right for your business because so many businesses have jumped into it and thought yes we've been invited to vendor fantastic that really means that amazon want our product and they get on vendor and it just doesn't hit it's not the promised land that they thought it would be because there's so many other things involved in terms of infrastructure and if it mm. is actually right for your business it's you know um long gone are the days where sold by amazon really means anything to the consumer you know the consume so that's something that um we we see a lot of and we we, we just make sure that it's clear and evaluate what what the company's setup is to actually see if they could even handle vendor because in a lot of cases you know they can't um and so it is really important that businesses do do look at that and and do evaluate both options as well i just I just remember the back in 2014, 15, when we were evaluating both options with the company I was working with, um, besides just sending it in directly, the, the, in the invoices itself, obviously you have to worry about, you have to negotiate price to Amazon from the get go. And then that's, mm -hmm. it could be thousands of units that you negotiate and your margins on that are going to be even lower potentially than if you're selling them yourselves. So you have to be uh, really confident in the numbers of which you're selling directly to Amazon. And those contracts obviously are very tight um, on Amazon side of they will negotiate, they won't negotiate with you that they'll say, this is what we want. Um, yep. And there's not a lot of back and forth. And, that, and that's a difficult place where a lot of businesses can get into. Um, I just remember that being a horror story of don't go down too deep and and get mm -hmm. uh, I won't say tied to the devil, but you don't want to sell your soul to soul to the yeah. devil without uh, knowing what other options are before that. So definitely, um, definitely, and especially post. I mean, with the pandemic, with prices of shipping containers, cost prices are just going through the roof. And in especially within the UK, with Brexit as well, vendors can't afford to you you've got to increase your prices um and you can do that quite easily on seller you just increase your retail but try right. doing that on vendor it's a completely different story so right. you don't um, have the you don't have the control of the price like you exactly would on, uh, seller, so it, that's difficult uh reining us back into branding karina what, mm -hmm. what are the what are the most exciting aspects of creating a brand through the product ideation um process through you if if you're working on that detailed side do you get to go with a client and say let's go back to square one of maybe let's look at packaging let's look at the unboxing experience inserts things like that to build out a brand do you do you go that deep in terms of helping them conceptualize a brand or do you kind of work down the road in that regards we can do we definitely have the facilities to do branding from day one what we typically find is our audience often already have a brand they just don't really know how to sell that brand um, and it's trying to bring that brand to life and bring it to life on on Amazon. So it might be, you know, but then we do give that guidance. So they might already typically they'll already have a brand. But it just needs it needs revamping or we see their packaging and it's like, OK, next time you, you need to rejig your packaging going forward um, because, you know, 
there's so much more you can do with it. So often they've already got that brand and they're already at stage one. It's more about how do you enhance that to bring it to the next level is typically right. what we find with our with our clients. Is there an example that you like to use um, that you've helped a client get there? Um, I'll, I'll, while you're thinking of that, I was going to say I, I heard of a really cool um, insert, obviously inserts are something where it's a very delicate and fine balance, right? Of what you're mm -hmm. asking for and what you're going to be putting in the insert and insert is not something asking for people to ask for reviews or anything of that sort. It's in the TOS. It's, it's hard stamped in there. Now we've, we've gotten to a point where they said, you can't ask for that anymore. Um, but I found one of the really cool examples I've heard recently of when an insert is placed, it's, Hey, Film your unboxing experience, and this goes back to building a brand mm -hmm. off of Amazon too. Film your unboxing experience, use the hashtag, whatever, uh, brand unboxing. And if you're, and put it on TikTok or Instagram, and if that video gets to a certain level of views, I think it was like 10,000 views or 100,000 views, pretty easy to achieve if on now a social media of days. If you get a view count of that and email that to us, we will mm -hmm. give you hundred bucks or a thousand dollars or something like that. So it's, it's, it's creating content offsite, but also tagging the brand, making sure people want to become influencers and like yeah. said, gurus or things like that. They want to have their own self brand. And when they're saying unbox it, if you like it, put up your honest impression and reach out to us when you, when you do that, send us the link and everything like that. And we'll send you like a, a gift certificate or a card or mm -hmm. just flat mat. I, I thought that was really creative. And again, that's not asking for reviews. That, that is something that create content for us and we'll pay for it. Or I think that was a really cool and innovative idea. Um, if people, a lot of people are stealing that idea now, I don't know, but I think that was uh, something unique to build a brand on social media without, you know, content is king in, in this space. But what about you and your team? Yeah, I mean, there, there's so many good tools now um, in terms of building the brand um, that you can use, such as the whole brand store now, um, and also starting to get followers and with the Amazon posts and the whole customer engagement. So it is about now Amazon are implementing tools to get that following. So you can have your follow button on your store to start getting followers. You have your posts where you can get followers. And if you can start ramping up those numbers, you can start emailing that audience. So it's a typical way that Amazon's doing it to get, to remain, to keep that control of their customers, because really what Amazon's trying to do is trying to avoid any anything going externally, right? So anything where they start seeing that traffic, they think, oh, okay, let's let's see what we can do internally. So there are definitely tools, and we always say sort of maximize all those internal tools as well. But also, you know, prime example is social, using social media channels as well to grow your brand and to build that community. Because typically what businesses will, uh, or customers, sorry, will do when they go on Amazon is, or I, I for sure do this, I want to know, is it a brand just on Amazon or is it is it actually a brand brand? Uh, a brand brand being it exists outside of Amazon. So I'll do, um, and this is more, it depends on the product and the category. If I'm going to spend a significant amount of money on a brand I've not really heard of, I'm going to do my checks. I'm going to check and see what it's like on social media. I'm going to start seeing, do they have a website? And all of that starts creating a backing um, as well in terms of uh, helping build trust. 
So it's then seeing about reviews. And then, you know, you can see, um, you know, if there's that community there of, of uh, followers among that brand as well. So that's often something that we, we see as well that the brands can do. So I would always say, you know, for anyone that's building a brand on Amazon, you want to make sure you're using all the levers on Amazon, but um, also make sure that you are creating a brand off Amazon as well because that's just solidifying and strengthening your brand and your presence overall um, in just in the industry, in e-commerce. Absolutely. Well, I, I think we had recently had Amy Weiss on too uh, from Amazing at Home and she has her own uh, storefront, but the aspect of being able to go live and to feature products, not just your own on Amazon Live, but you can tag she was talking about attacking competitors potentially in it and like not talk back, but you can actually tag in video now and have them on competitor listings, but obviously featuring that on Amazon live videos when they're updated, um, of your product, which I think not a lot of people are taking too full advantage of. What about video for you? I know that's kind of the focus with a lot of people of like video ads, um, just content, uh, a plus content is you can build a video into that in certain capacities. Um, Again, unboxing videos are really important for Amazon influencers that can upload to a listing. Where does that come fall in in line of like terms of importance with you and the team there at e-commerce nurse? Yeah, videos are key. Um, we're really seeing movement on videos if done if done right, if done correctly. You know, because you could we do see that where we get brands and go, yeah, we've got this video, and they throw a video at you, and you're like, no, we really need to. We need to edit that one. Um, Let's try again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's um, because what we've got to always remember now, and I was having this conversation with a client early today, is always put your, when you're thinking about that experience, I know we sit at a desk and we're looking at desktop. Most of the customers are using mobile or tablet. And so everything's changing um, in terms of, you know, how images look, the videos, um, as well, it's not the days of when you were sneakily looking at Amazon on your desktop whilst you were working um, and you wouldn't want a video coming on because then it comes on and everyone hears it. You know, you're at home, you're switching through your phone and the video automatically comes on um, and you're swiping through. So a lot of um, features then become even more of importance now because more consumers are purchasing over mobile. So video is a lot more engaging. We're definitely seeing a response of brand videos as well. And again, these are all features available to brand owners, right? So videos are engaging. They, they get the customer's attention straight away um, as they scroll, scroll through search results. So all of these sort of things um, are, are fantastic in helping you build build that overall brand. Um, I think also with brand building, um, what it does is it just, you know, there was a lot of emphasis before pre or pre-focused on brand when loads of businesses were focusing on that niche product, right? But the problem is with a niche focusing on just that one product, you're, you're spending all that marketing and all that ads budget, you're building up that product. But when that product then becomes obsolete, let's say, that, that's gone. You know, that's all that sort of spend and all that uh, focus you've done on that individual product is gone. If there's a brand name to it, it makes it a lot easier to then create this family of products and launch the next product and launch the next one because you've already got traction off of the first, first item as well, which is when you sort of then... Um, 
can link things. You can link things. You can start highlighting larger product ranges on your brand store, in your A-plus content, in the comparison um, in the comparison charts. Even on your videos, you might see more than one product. You see a family of products, and you start really building out an overall portfolio. I love that. Well, in the, la in the last couple of minutes that I have with you today, Karina, um, if I'm a brand owner, what, what's... Obviously, now we, we're just in the first couple of weeks of 2022. I think a lot of focus has been in like an exhale mode. Like you, you can feel this collective exhale of like, hey, we made it through Q4. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. both are either good or bad. What, where do, where should a business owner really, what should they look at right now? Like when it comes to building a brand, like what, what should they really focus on in early January, February, March of this year? What, what do they need to work on to, to get that momentum before they hit Q4 of, this next year yeah i always say that the key here is focusing on your it's always back to basics it always everything always comes back to basics it's just making sure that your product pages are where they need to be we always say don't start making new things happen come q4 you want to have everything in place come q4 so if your images are not product images aren't where they need to be now's the time to start doing all your photography now's the start time to start working on all the design and the graphics because infographics on images and having text on images content you know icons on images they are so effective these days we see a much higher conversion rate on that so really putting emphasis on those on the images looking into videos videos don't have to be these amazing animated videos that cost thousands and thousands of dollars there's you know there's you can, can do it not like a, a really terrible budget type video but you can do one at a lower cost just usually using fixed imagery and a content overlay so there are other ways in which you can you can manage that and so i would say really making sure that your product pages are where they need to do be start investing in these new features that i mentioned amazon posts um and making sure that you are getting that following because let's say you build a following over throughout the year come Q4 and you've got the ability to send out emails through the customer engagement section within your seller account, you can then, you've then built that community in the last nine months that you can then highlight to them the products that you're, you're pushing come Q4. Those are great tips. I love that. And obviously if they want to, if they like what they hear and they want <laughs> to maybe reach out to you guys and see, Hey, maybe this is something e-commerce can help me with. What's the best way to do that, Karina? Yeah, definitely. If you're needing and if you're watching and you're needing any help building your brand or any support when it comes to just growing your business on Amazon um, within Europe and North America, if you're a seller or vendor, we're, we're definitely there. Uh, the team is there to help. All you need to do is just contact us and go to ecommercenurse.com and go to our contact us and just send us a message and one of us will be in touch and uh, talk to you about where you need support and see if we can help. That's great. That's fantastic. And again, love the, love the name as always. It's, it just rolls <laughs> off the tongue. It's so easy. And um, I, I love the content and the website you built out. You guys are really diving deep. And again, the expertise you can see through just the content you guys are pushing on through that too. So I, I want to thank you so much for hopping out across over commerce. I call people who come on and they've gone through the gauntlet with me in my corner of the internet, friends of mm -hmm. the show now. So now I can officially call you friend of the show, but you guys are, looking to travel? Are you speaking more? Like what, what's 2022 look like for you, Karina? 
you know what 2022 we are traveling a bit more it is good it feels good to start seeing face face-to-face events so we have an event in the uk um we're going to be exhibiting at white label um sure. at white label expo in excel in london at the start of march um so there'll be a team of us um there and i'll also be speaking um about uh branding um when it comes to amazon we also i will also be venturing over the other side of the pond to for the prosper show so um i'm on the um the council uh for the prosper show so i'll be um unfortunately i couldn't make it last year which was a real shame um same here yeah (laughs) i get to i I did virtual uh tours myself i had one of my colleagues go around and talk to people on their phone (laughs) That's that's how I overcame in 2021. <laughs> yeah, it's such a shame, isn't it? Because it is it is such a difference being at, at an actual event and seeing everyone face to face. So um, excited about that. And that will be in March. And then lots of other things. We've got a webinar hopefully lined up where we uh, collaborate with Amazon next month and lots of lots of other events. So um, stay tuned. We'll have more webinars. We also have another uh part of our business which is vendor society um so if you go to vendorsociety.com it's really the name says it all it's for amazon vendors but we hold round tables and other events so as you mentioned about content it's all about for us you know about sharing content sharing our knowledge as well and so there's lots of uh, content out there for any businesses just just stuck uh feeling stuck or maybe just want to expand on their knowledge as well that's great. Well, yeah, we didn't even get into that. There'll have to be a, a whole episode. I'm assuming <laughs> next talk time. Talk for hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you talk for hours. Or, yeah, exactly. The round, round tables are fi- my one of my favorite too to kind of uh, to help usher through because everyone wants to jump in. And when you get a lot of e-commerce ner- uh, nerds, as I like to call us, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of people who want to jump in and like either agree or disagree. But it's lo- it's fun to facilitate those uh, conversations. Well, Karina, thank you so much for hopping on today. I appreciate it again. Um, for joining us. Uh, I know it's a little bit late towards the end of your day, um, but we appreciate you spending some time here on Crossover Commerce. Thank you so much, Ryan. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. (laughs) And thank you, everyone. Again, thank you, Karina, for coming on Crossover Commerce today. I just want to thank everyone who has joined us for episode 203. Again, e-commerce nerds, go to ecommercenerds.com if you want to learn more information about Karina and her team. Um, If you have their service or just want to ask questions, reach out to her. And we actually linked to their profiles here below. If you're watching on LinkedIn or Facebook, you can just go ahead and click through there. YouTube as well. Um, we're in all the locations. So that being said, nice segue into this is just episode 203. We have another great episode tomorrow. I want to go ahead and just to quickly throw it up there. Tyler Jeffco, a seller accountant. Uh, we're going to be talking about getting ready for to file properly file your taxes, not just file properly file your taxes. Never thought I'd be talking um, <laughs> about filing your taxes on a podcast uh, in my entire career, but we're going to be talking about it because it is important. And that's where a lot of people ask questions. Believe it or not, those are some of my favorite episodes where I get to understand, learn, learn a little bit more about helping people in their businesses, whether it be their first time filing taxes, or you grew into a different marketplace, or you just uh, you have to cut your losses with some inventory level. We're going to make sure that you get your questions answered on how to properly file it so you don't get in trouble with uh, a government entity. Again, 
I'm not a tax expert, but I brought one on to uh, talk about it for me. So that's going to be tomorrow. Go ahead and follow us on social media on Ping Pong Payments on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter, or you can follow myself where we will be going live on those channels. And of course, you can listen to Crossover Commerce on your favorite podcast destinations on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts, wherever you consume your content, Audible even. Go ahead and give us a thumbs up or follow and we'll be bringing more great content to you. Next week is full. I, I have five episodes next week, so um, don't have any graphics to show up, but we will have the content coming in fast and heavy through different parts of the e-commerce and the Amazon journey. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss a single episode. But I'm Ryan Kramer. This is Crossover Commerce. We'll catch you guys next time on another episode. Take care. Mm -hmm.